A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the yes, touchdown Gordon Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez not being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska Zach here and uh, joined by Fitz. Fitz, what's up, boss? Not much. Uh, happy Sunday. Glad to be here. Uh, awkwardly excited for today's uh, recording. Probably more excited than most people, but uh, we'll we'll get into that later on. Um, so yeah, just ready to go. Awesome, awesome. Drake, what's up, boss? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's your Sunday? Sunday is Sunday. I get to hang out with the dogs, the wife, and you guys. So what can I say? It's it's been a great Sunday so far. How about yours? We get a good man. We get to celebrate the the baseball sweep a little bit. We'll Did we'll we take that. Baseball? We we needed we that baseball. We saved baseball, yeah. And I'm I'm just kicking it over here, so we're ready to go. See what I did there? Uh, it's so early in the podcast, and we're doing it already, aren't we? Go home. All right, well, let's introduce you to our special guest tonight. We're joined by transfer uh, Brian Bussini uh, from it's uh, Wyoming, or no, Montana, Montana. There we go. Um, he is going to be the, I'm going to say it right now, the starting punter for Nebraska. Brian, what's going on, boss? Hey, how's it going? I'm glad to be here and um, super excited to have some good conversation, talk football, talk life, and uh, just kind of give the fans a little bit more of the insight to the program. Awesome. We love hearing it. Well, I know Fitz has been super, super excited to have you on since I dropped your name. Fitz, I'm gonna let mm-hmm. you lead this off tonight. What 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 you got for Brian? Well, we'll get we'll we'll get into the uh, technical stuff uh, down the line, but let's let's just uh, give the fans a little bit of a recap 
of uh, kind of how you got to Nebraska. I know you with the uh, with COVID and everything that else that happened with Montana. You you are a redshirt freshman, correct? Um, uh, yeah, currently. Mm-hmm. So, what do you have? What? How much eligibility do you have left? And kind of walk us. Can you take us back through uh, the transfer process for you uh, individually? Yeah, so I have three years, uh, three to play three is what they call it. So I burned my red shirt, and uh, so I have three years of eligibility left. Um, we played two games the spring of 2020, which was kind of like the COVID season for people, but we got our fall season canceled completely. And so we played two kind of scrimmage games almost. And then um, after that, two game kind of small season, if you want to call it that. I worked really hard um, in the off season and got blessed with the coaches with one-on-one kicking and I got to go down and train with them and uh, was able to have a really good fall last season. Um, A lot of that goes to the teammates that I had back in Montana. Um, There was a big emphasis on special teams put and uh, guys were just sold out on making our punt team the best in the country. Um, And after the season, you know, I wasn't going to be presented with the opportunity at a full scholarship probably. So I decided Um, Since I got married, um, finances became a big kind of part of the decision-making process and trying to earn a full scholarship through the portal was what I decided to do. And um, Nebraska came calling and we really couldn't think of a place we'd rather be. And God was really calling us to be here, we thought. And so um, we chose to commit to Nebraska. And since then, with Coach Bush being named the special teams coach, I can really notice, you know, a big emphasis on special teams here like there was back in Montana and I'm really excited for that and excited to see what happens this year. What was it like getting recruited by Bill Bush? I've heard some stories about the guy and, um, you know, with you going in the transfer portal, I'm not sure like how much in, in person interaction with you, you, you know, you had before yeah. you got here, but, um, I've heard some stories about old Bill Bush, you know, kind of being a little bit of a wild man. What was kind of your experience meeting Bill Bush and going through the process with him and everything? Yeah. So my recruiting was a little different because, at Montana, we made the playoffs. And so we played until like December 11th, I think. And there was a dead period coming up on the 15th. So I wasn't able to get out to Nebraska in person. Um, but the thing that kind of separated the coaches here was the communication. Like they were, every single time I texted them, there was a response quick. They were calling me on FaceTime for hours on end and like helping Kelly and I facilitate needs that we had Um, we had kind of I obviously didn't want to go play like in Seattle where we're living in some sketchy area or something so um, Lincoln being a smaller town and then kind of a college town kind of helped out a lot but um, coach Bush laid out a good plan of what it would be like here kind of talked about my position status kind of talked about you know the overhaul that they were doing on special teams and gave me a rundown on, you know, he's going to put some real dudes on the punt team for me and stuff like that. And it's been, that was kind of exciting to hear just how, how much investment was going into the special teams. And um, he worked really hard, you know, trying to recruit me. And I noticed that, and, you know, it was a full team effort. I'd say, I'd say him and coach Frost and coach Moss is not with us anymore, but coach Connors was there. And um, it was just, it was really cool to see everyone trying to, trying to recruit me and, I actually committed like two days after I entered the portal, which was pretty quick, but it was almost a no brainer with just how much they really wanted me here and 
I'm pretty close uh, to Denver. It's like six hours to my kicking coach um, in Denver, which was a lot closer than back in Montana. And so um, that was another thing that I had kind of took into consideration. And um, yeah, I really am super happy with it so far. I love it out here. And um, I'm really excited to get the fall season here and just kind of show everyone what we can do. Were you, had you been aware of the um, less than uh, stellar performance of special teams over the last three years? And was that in the back of your mind when you kind of maybe put a, put a pin in Nebraska or did you kind of have a plan like, Hey, this could be a way to get a, to a, a, a big 10 power five program and potentially earn a scholarship. Or was that, what was the kind of the order for you and, and what you were hoping and wanting to do? Yeah, I think my main goal, I was fortunate enough to get a lot of interest when I was in the portal. Um, I was, extremely blessed and was able to have a pretty good season last year. Um, I averaged about 46 yards a punt, which was the best, you know, at the FCS level. And that kind of garnered a lot of interest. And I don't, I didn't notice the coaches talk a lot about last season's woes um, when they were recruiting me, which I kind of liked because I think, you know, there's understanding that last year didn't go well, but also you kind of have to move on and understand that there's new guys and there's new schemes and there's new coaches and so this year's a completely new year and if you dwell on the past too much you're just going to bring some negative energy that isn't really necessary um obviously the more i've been out here you know a lot of fans talk about that and a lot of fans bring up how we could have won maybe three or more games more last year because of special teams but i mean i didn't have anything to do with that and so i personally don't really feel you know liable for any of that and i think <laughs> that i'm just here to to come out and do the best that I can do um, and see what comes of it. You know, I think if I put my full effort in each week and just stay true to my game and what I know I can do, you know, there's no pressure on me because I mean, I'm just kicking a football for a living. Don't really have to put too much pressure on that. <laughs> Are you a true specialist in the, in the sense that you only do punting at this time? Uh, last year I did punts and kickoffs at Montana and they're having me focus on punting and holding this spring. And I think maybe more as my career gets, you know, I'm just going to be a sophomore this fall. So I think the more comfortable I get around the team, I can start filling in for that backup kickoff position so they can maybe travel one less guy from the specialist group and focus somewhere else on the team. But for now, I'm just focused on punts and holds, and I'm really going to work the holding aspect this summer so I can become the starter there, hopefully. Yeah, last season, since since we kind of brought that up, you know, it was it's, it's kind of cool because as far as a specialist goes, you had to be one of the most sought-after ones. You know, you were an FCS All-American, I believe, last year, correct? Yep, yeah, I was the first-team All-American, and I won the FCS Punter of the Year Award, which was – it's like the same award – for the Ray guy punting award by the, the same people select that just for the FCS level. Yeah. It's, it's so not too was, often someone like that goes to the, I, I don't want to say open market, but it's not that often that someone transfers, you know, for a different opportunity to a, you know, a different school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was kind of new, but um, I think there was, you know, reasons that Kelly and I had to move on and I think God was kind of calling us to do that. Um, and I'm super thankful for the coaches back there, like to, for giving me an opportunity out of high school. But um, for my personal interests and for my wife's, 
I think it was best for us to move on. And I mean, so far it has been more than we could have asked for out here. And I love it. No, that's awesome. You know, one question I had for you since uh, Nebraska hasn't been in the, the playoffs, what was it like when you were at Montana in the playoffs being in that, you know, different kind of atmosphere? Obviously it's different than the regular season. What was that postseason feeling like? Yeah, it was pretty cool knowing that it was like winter go home. Um, back in Montana, we had a really good fan base for the FCS level. And so our first playoff game was a night game versus Eastern Washington. And it was pretty cold, but like it was packed. And there was like, it was like the fans knew it was winter go home. And so that was pretty special. And we we played really well that week. Um, and then the second game, we went to James Madison and that one was just kind of, it just felt more like kind of a low key normal game because they didn't get a ton of fans at that game. And obviously I think out in Virginia, James Madison isn't really like all there is out there, kind of like it is here and back in Montana. And so um, the first playoff game was a lot bigger in my opinion than the second one, like feeling, but I mean, I can just tell with the fan base here, our spring games all like almost sold out. Like this place is insane and I'm really excited. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that spring game is going to be nuts. Are, are you guys going to get to punt it all during the spring game, or is that going to be sprinkled in there? Yeah, I think so. I think I'll get to get out there and hit a few. Um, usually in the spring, it's definitely a little bit windier, I'd say, than in the fall, and we've been working a lot of that um, this spring, like outside in the elements, and I'm just excited to go out and just kind of hit the ball 80 70%, just try to hit some turnovers and um, get in the summer kind of springboard my summer with a good performance and kind of get my confidence level up. You, when you talk about uh, the turnovers and obviously mm -hmm. that's trying to get that spiral kick to turn over and carry on mm -hmm. that distance. I've been, I've been thinking about this. So about 30 years ago, it seemed like we were getting a lot of soccer players were transitioning into kicking it, especially in Nebraska. And it was really one style. It was let's, let me kick, get that spiral. I can try to place it. I can obviously try to go for distance, adjust it and things like that. Do you, is that your primary um, technique? Do you do the rugby style? And then mm -hmm. also really what I'm kind of getting at is the new phenomenon in a way of that um, kind of drop in the nose and, and kicking mm -hmm. like that. Can you get into that a little bit more with the, what's the, the benefit? What's the difference in dropping the nose? It, in my mind, it kind of seemed contrary to what you might want to do as far as kind of just getting that ball to cut through. Um, what, yeah. Do you do all of that? Yeah. So when we're talking about a spiral punt, that's definitely my main punt right now. I'd say it gives you optimal hang time and optimal distance. And when you're punting into the wind, spirals the way to go. There's no way that you want to try to hit like one of those nose down punts is what you call it. So when you hit a nose down punt, we call it control or dagger punts. Um, it gives you a lot more control over the ball as far as placing it a specific distance away from you, but it doesn't cut through the wind as well. And you can't hit those quite as far as you can spirals. So if we're playing say Michigan and I have the wind at my back and they have got a deadly returner, then I can drop the nose of the ball and hit a consistent 45, 46 yard punt. That'll be fair caught with good hang time. And I can like place that on the sideline a lot easier than it, trying to put a spiral down the sideline. Cause I find turnover balls a lot harder to control than control punts is what we call them. But if we're punting into the wind, 
hitting a turnover ball is going to be the only way to get that ball to cut through the wind because when you hit an end-over-end punt, there's a lot more surface area of the ball that's getting hit by the wind. And so I think going into the wind, you know, with a control ball, 30 yards, 35 yards is your max, whereas a turnover ball, you can hit 45, 40 yards. So are you able with that, with that turnover, obviously when you, you know, through practice, you, you, you know, understanding like your example, if there's a, a really good return man on the other mm-hmm. side, uh, conditions take, you know, where you're punting from. Um, do you, do you enjoy, what do you enjoy most? Do you like the precision? They call it the coffin corner. You're dropping that, you know, into the five to 10 to 20, or do you just, do you really enjoy it when coach, when coach Bush will be able to say, Hey, Brian, just go hammer this. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about punting is hang time. I think that's kind of, that's where I get into my favorite portion of it because hang time fixes everything. Like if I misplace a punt off the sideline, but it has good hang time, it's going to get fair caught anyway, either way, because we've got like dudes running down the field. And so last, last year when we played Washington week one, um, we got to play versus uh, Trent McDuffie was their punt returner. And he's going to be like a top 15. Top that dude's a stud. This year. Yeah, he's a stud. And uh, so I was like, eh, I'm going to see how this goes. And I was fortunate enough to get some hang times. And five out of seven were fair caught, I believe. And he only had nine returning yards versus us total. Um, and so I'm just hoping to bring that because – week in and week out this year versus the big 10 opponents there's going to be you know real dudes back there that can run real quick and um obviously we're going to have really good guys on the coverage team but um the more hang time i can get on my punts i think the easier it'll be for my guys to run down there and you know tackle these guys hey brian how did you end up at uh 101 kicking down in alabama Yeah, so out of high school, I was recruited by the University of Colorado by this guy named Matt Thompson, who was like their special teams coach there. And he was a part of uh, Mike McIntyre's staff, I believe. And then he got fired at the University of Colorado. And this coach, Matt Thompson, started his own little kicking company. And this was about the time I was a senior, already committed to Montana. And I started training with him down in Colorado and he was invited to join one-on-one kicking by Mike McCabe as like a new coach for them up in Colorado. And so he kind of joined as one-on-one kicking Colorado is his name. And this one-on-one kicking brand has kind of grown all over the country, but the head coach, Mike McCabe is out of Birmingham, Alabama. And so that's why he wanted Matt Thompson to join. So there could be a Colorado division out of his company and um, Matt's been super good. He helps me a lot. And he's referred me down to Mike for a couple of visits. Like this spring break, I went down to Birmingham and trained there too. What did you work on when you were, when you do that, that training in that environment? Is it just, is it just yeah. cleaning up the, the little details? Um, mm-hmm. Did coach, I know you've mentioned in, in interviews and things that uh, coach Bush has, has created a relationship with them. And so they're obviously yep. supportive of you doing that. Did did Bush say, Hey, okay, here's what we'd like you to keep doing and work on. And then they give that. And then you just kind of formulate that plan. Yeah, definitely. I think the the biggest thing that I do with one-on-one kicking is just small tweaks to my technique. Um, last summer was the biggest change for me because 
Coach McCabe has these principles that he teaches and he coaches a ton of the NFL guys. I would say he's the best punting coach. And so he helped me straighten out my drop a little bit and I'm continuing to work on shortening my steps. And that really helped me a ton. Like I went, I probably improved 30% last summer from where I was at just after one camp with these guys. And so when I went down there for this spring break, it was kind of just a cleanup session for me, honestly, just like, Hey, you know, your drops moved a little bit on you over time. Cause you know, you kind of develop these little funks, the more you do things. And so kind of getting back on the right path, um, is pretty much what I do with them now. And from this point on this summer, I've got goals of just shortening my steps, staying taller and just focusing and watching the ball out of my hand better. And these are just small things that I think will continue to improve, you know, my game each and every year. Um, but at this point in my career, there's not like these huge major things that need to be changed. And so that's one thing that I, I kind of got some confidence from going down in Alabama. It's awesome. Have you, had you mentioned you're working on placeholding as well this season. Have you ever done that prior? I held at practice back at Montana, but we had a receiver, Mitch Roberts, do the starting holding. And so I haven't had any experience doing that because in high school I did the field goals too. But um, I'm hoping to practice it a ton this summer just so Coach Bush feels confident enough. Um, I've been holding at practice right now at Nebraska, but there's, you know, other guys, Grant and Wine Master holding as well. So there's a good competition there. I just want to put in as much work as I can to prove to the coaches and the kickers, you know, that I can hold up my end of the deal there. Because is that almost a a job requirement if you were to uh, go on into the league to punt um, yeah. is that almost a job requirement that the punter is the holder um, in that that environment yep yeah I've, I've noticed across the NFL pretty much every punter is the holder for the kicker and it makes sense because the punter and the kicker and the holder are with each other the whole practice and so you can get so much more reps that way because the receivers off running routes most of the practice but developing chemistry between the snapper holder and kicker only happens the more reps you get with each other. And so in the NFL, that's why they do that is because then you can learn each other's skill sets. And, you know, if there's small things that the kicker needs tweaked as the punter, you will understand that too, because, you know, obviously most punters have kicked field goals at some point in their life too. This is probably a dumb question. So if it is, let me know. These guys will, but when you, <laughs> I'm when waiting. You, when I'm waiting down there working as a placeholder, taking some of those snaps. Does any of that part translate to you as a punter getting comfortable with where the snap might be? Cause they're going to be off a little bit, both there and when you're taking the punt. Yeah, I think that's not a bad question at all. As far as being able to translate that to my punting, the number one thing I take from holding is just being alert and focused on the ball. Like mm -hmm. one thing that struck like my main struggle with my punts and also with my holding is just getting too lackadaisical about it and not being zeroed in on the ball. And like, sometimes when I'm punting, like I might take my eyes off the ball before I hit it because I kind of want to see it come off my foot, honestly. And like when I'm holding, if I bring my eyes up to see if he makes it before he kicks it, I might like move the ball a little bit. So focusing and watching the ball into my hands all the way down to the ground and just being alert on my one eleventh, my, my specific job on that play, I can translate that from my holding to my punts and all over the place. Is your, is the hand position. And obviously we're on a, on a podcast here, but when you receive, when you're <laughs> catching that punt, 
you know, it's thumbs in, hands, fingers on top. Is that the same from punting to uh, receiving the snap? Yeah, so are, I think are you from just holding, it's kind of coming in on the side. And then for receiving punch snaps, you want to do pinkies together and palms up. You're underneath. Because, yeah, the way that I drop the ball is kind of like with my hand underneath. And if I catch it like this, then you have to move your hand underneath and it creates more inconsistencies. Essentially with punting, the less like variables there are and the less movement with your hands in the ball, the more consistent you'll be. That's very cool. You're going to have people, you're going to have people watching. They're not going to be getting up to go to the bathroom on fourth down punts this year. They're not going to yeah. putting their head in. They're not going to be putting their head in their pillow or anything like that. Yeah. It's going to be like, all right, I'm going to watch Daniel. I'm going to watch Brian Bushini do this here real quick and yeah. uh, see how right. it is. So you're going to, you're going to, <laughs> you're going to be a watched, a watched man now. I like it. <laughs> Brian, you said something there too, you know, while you're focusing on getting that ball down. Mute yourself there, Zach. Whoops, sorry. What's that? Nothing. I, <laughs> when, you, when you're focusing on that, you called it your 111th, and that's not the first time that I've heard that since we started doing this. We've heard a couple other guys say it. I don't know if we had it on air, if it was on side conversations. Is that something new that's being you know talked about from the top down, everybody focusing on their 111th of the job? Yeah, I don't think that's new for me. Um, ever since high school, our coaches preach team over, you know, individuals. But um, I think the more guys that understand that, the more successful your team will be because you don't want to have guys trying to go out and do everyone else's job for them. You have to trust your teammates and trust that everyone has the best interest of the team in mind. And once you develop this, and, you know, Coach Frost is doing a great job of developing this in all of us. But, you know, guys will throw up their hands instead of punch a guy back they'll they'll go like this and take the 15 yard penalty instead of try to get the last shot in and hurt your own team and i think the more that we can develop that you know the better off the team as a whole will be and the more respect you'll garner because no one really wants the 15 yard penalty they just want you to take you know take it for the team essentially and move on with uh, punting in the Big Ten, you know, is it some? You know, obviously the weather plays plays a, a factor in it, especially as it gets later in the season. With where you punted previously, do you see it being a, a, a big thing in your game, or is it just something that obviously you're kind of know what you're going into and you're just going to roll with it? Yeah, I think I know what I'm going into because back in Montana, it's really no different than here. I'd say. Um, we were really blessed with some nice weather last year, but I think that was all across the board. You know, when Nebraska played Iowa, it was like 60 degrees out. So um, I don't think that I'm walking into anything that I've never dealt with before. And I think there's something to be said for that, because I would say it's a lot easier to punt in the south or, you know, punt in Arizona where it's no wind and super sunny every game. And I think guys, you know, if they were to come up here from down there would be at a little bit of a disadvantage because, they haven't practiced in those elements. So I feel really comfortable where I'm at just because I grew up in Montana and I've punted in weather my entire life. Now you talking about weather and things like that, you mentioned at the beginning of this that you committed really early, but were you thinking maybe going down South to try and punt there or um, was it pretty much all Midwest schools on your radar? And then, yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, there were some other schools like Utah and Washington. Utah was cool, but Salt Lake City, I don't think my wife and I were really looking to live in a big city. Um, I think Nebraska was probably 
the best of all worlds for us. And I think that uh, weather wasn't really a huge factor for me because I had a lot of other things, you know, going on and um, outside of football that kind of influenced my decision. The weather wasn't really going to deter me from one place or not, because I mean, there's college football like awards and a lot of times they just look at the numbers, what your average is and stuff like that. But NFL scouts and coaches like know more than that. And like a 43 yard average at Nebraska is like kind of the same as a 46, 47 yard average down in Arizona because you're punting in the freezing cold and you're punting in the wind and they understand that. You, you've talked a lot about the, the numbers and you, you obviously know what you want to do um, and mm-hmm. things like that. What's the, what's the perfect scenario as far as if we put a stopwatch on everything in terms of the snap getting to you, getting the punt off and then your optimal hang time. Are we talking, you know, half a second on the snap, getting that punt off in, in under a second and then three seconds hang time or. I think our goals is a six, eight snap. So 0.68 seconds and then a 198, 199 range for get off. And then for hang time, my goal every time is 4.5, which is pretty that's a pretty high goal. Um, I think the leader last year for the NCAA was Jordan Stout at Penn State, and his was 4.33. So I think just consistency in the way that you know I attack every day will help develop that. Um, having a routine of stretching, having a routine of strength training that is conducive to having explosive legs will help that. But um, as far as our timing goes, we've been really good with that this spring. That's one of the best, you know, most positive points Coach Bush has pointed out um, is we've been really quick oper- operating. And, um, you know, our goal times with the 0.68 snap and under two second op time is the same as like the NFL standards for those things. And so we're not holding ourselves to some low standard. That's that's pretty high, I'd say. And that's pretty good that we're you know, doing a good job of seeing under that. And like with field goals, 1.3 seconds is the standard for that off time. And they've been doing a good job with that too. That's really, that five, that'll be that 4.5. That's, that's pretty, that's, if you get that, that's awesome. That is, uh, yeah, that's that can, not bad. That can, that's going to be huge for your gunners for your, wow. That's, that's yeah. really cool. I think 4.5 with, gets somebody lit up on the other end. <laughs> yeah. I think, especially with the guys that we have at Nebraska running down there and covering, you know, anything above four Oh, it's going to be perfectly fine. But um, last year, my average was 4.24, I think, um, which wasn't too far behind the the national leader. And so um, just continuing to work my routine of stretching and being flexible up and through the ball is going to be key for me this summer as I, you know, roll into fall camp and try to, up all my numbers, but also understand that we're not going to try to kill the ball every time because that leads to inconsistencies. That's my that's my golf game in a nutshell, right there. I right? Almost, the I should, I miss swing it. the farther yep. right it goes. <laughs> yep, I missed my opportunity, Zach. Just for you, that was my that's my golf game to a T, and I just missed it. I I, I got to work on my puns here. So, um, <laughs> one one more quick technical, and then I'll I'll let these guys. Uh, put me out to to the pasture here uh matt areza was the ray guy winner for um power five right ncaa what was what was his average do you know so matt broke the ncaa record 
with a 50.9 something average last year, which is insane. (laughs) But his net average, which is the only number that matters, was 43.4, I want to say. Okay. Um, And that was a combination of a little bit lower hang time and 15 touchbacks. And um, so when you're looking at punt stats, net average is by far the number one thing. And um, he had a great gross and Matt's a super cool guy. I got to spend a few days with him down in Georgia for an award ceremony. And um, I really liked the guy, but there was Jordan Stout at Penn state um, and the Rutgers punter, who was more of an Aussie style, which leads to high net, but um, with better hang time, you know, Jordan Stout's net was 44, even though his gross was 46. And I was fortunate enough to have like a net of 43 as well. So I think when NFL teams look at college punters, they want to see a really small gap between your gross net and your net punt, because that shows that you have good hang time and you have lots of fair catches and you're not like out kicking your coverage per se. But Matt has a freak leg, like 86 yard punt in the air, like no roll kind of thing. So I mean, he's going to get drafted because he has a ton of potential. And the more he develops his hang time and directional consistency, he could be in the league, you know, for 10, 15 years just because how athletic he is. And one other thing that makes him super impressive is he did kickoffs and field goals as well for them. So he did all three at the college, you know, FBS level, which is super impressive. Is punting going to be his his ticket, though? Yeah, I'd say punting is definitely going to be his ticket because – He's got just an incredible up and through the ball leg. And I think the more he can shorten his steps and get up and through the ball, it'll help him a lot. Cause he did have, I think six punts blocked last year um, with the long steps. And so I've noticed some film of him like training before the combine and stuff, and he's really shortened them up. He's been working with this old chargers kicker down in San Diego. And so you know, he's getting right. And I think he's got a chance to be one of the highest drafted punters of all time. Is that Nate Kading? No, it's Nick Novak. Okay. Okay. Well, I know you mentioned that, you know, you and the wife kind of picked Nebraska as a spot that you felt was a, was a good fit and everything. What were some of the reasons that Nebraska was, was a good fit for you and the wife? You know, do you, do you view Nebraska as a spot that can also help get you to the league with how Bill Bush is, develop players in the past to get them there you know what are what are your views on the kind of future of the program yeah I think I think with my position especially there wasn't a huge difference between programs as far as getting me to the NFL because you're you're, it's like you versus a ball almost and your numbers are going to be your numbers but um we wanted to buy a house which we've been able to here on the south side of town Um, and Lincoln's a super safe community and um, we wanted to go to a community we felt had like a strong Christian presence because we're we're obviously Christians and um, Lincoln has that we're going to Lincoln Berean Church which has been really good for us and um, then also it's a safer town than some other places that were showing us interest you know even Northwestern was talking to me a bunch and I didn't feel too comfortable trying to move to Chicago. Um, And so that was another reason. And honestly, the coaching staff um, being as outgoing and supportive of Kelly and I as they had been um, was really big for me because back, you know, at my previous place, the coaches did that as well. They were like super 
outgoing to the players and kind of helped us out a lot. And that was something I was looking to, you know, continue. And, um, you know, other than that, there wasn't really, it was just kind of obvious that Lincoln was the right place for us um, with the special teams, you know, struggles that they had in the past. My kicking coach was relaying to me, you know, how they would really, really, you know, like it. You know, the fans would really like it if I came in and did well for them. And so that was one thing that kind of made me a little excited um, was just trying to come in and do my job the best of my ability. But um, we've been super blessed here in Lincoln and uh, it's been by far the best decision I've ever made. What will, so you're still in school, obviously, and you're working towards, you're pretty close to graduating. Um, it yeah. sounds like, is, is your wife, Kelly, a student as well? Does she, will she go to the university or what, what are her plans? Yeah. So she's, uh, she's getting um, her real estate license right now and she's going to work for a real estate company before she starts up school this fall and she's going to finish a degree in business and I'm going to get my master's in construction engineering and we're going to start our own construction company together. Um, once I'm done playing football, hopefully that's not for a long time. But <laughs> and uh, she's, you know, she's a stud. She's the smartest person I know. And she, she keeps me grounded for sure. Cause I'm a little bit wild sometimes. So that's, she helps me out there. And uh, I have to correct myself. I said coming to Lincoln was the best decision I ever made. That's the second best decision I've ever made other than getting married. Smart <laughs> man can, catching yourself. Can we, can we edit yes. that out for him? Oh, yeah. We, we definitely can edit that out. We got your back, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> Brian, where's uh, she going to sit during the games? Is she sitting with the coaches' wives? I can't I imagine. I sure hope too many so. People. I got to figure something out with that. Yeah, I got to get with the people and try to get her set up with something pretty sweet, but uh, she's been fortunate enough to babysit for a couple of the coaches so far. And um, I'm hoping that she can look after the kids during the game too. Cause then she gets a free pass to travel. Hopefully. <laughs> I was just, it's funny you would say that. Cause well, n- number one, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we put a, a, a bug in uh, Mrs. Joseph's ear about, about that. Um, she Absolutely. was, she was gracious enough to join us on our, on our first podcast we did. So um that's awesome and then will will kelly be able to travel to ireland with you and then before yes. before you answer just if you, you need want to get a drink to. or something like that zach's going to go on about how he's been to ireland so if just this is a little bit of a break time for you after you answer <laughs> well uh i'm really hoping kelly can get out to ireland we're not completely sure the logistics of that yet um finances are a little bit tight because we made a big purchase but um i think that uh if she can't, you know, she'll be back here holding down the fort while I'm gone. And uh, I'll be super excited to see her when I get back. Fitz, I'm going to tell know? you this real quick. Uh, <laughs> Ireland is like CrossFit. If you do it, you got to tell everybody about it. That's, That's a, funny. So Zach, Zach, Don't you Zach's teach CrossFit? No, not anymore. I've got my own thing going on now. I did that for a couple <laughs> months. You know, there was a little bit of a down period there. We, we give Zach a hard time, but no, you've been to Ireland twice. Is it, you say twice or was it just the one time? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, we went twice. I think I spent like a combined three weeks there. Um, actually, the stadium that they'll be playing in, I watched a rugby match in that stadium. So it, it's cool. It, it's almost like, I don't want to say this, but it's almost like Iowa Stadium Kinnick where you've got the fans right on top of you. That's exactly what it's mm-hmm. like in the stadium. It, it's it's awesome. It's it's absolutely beautiful a blast so yeah if if the ireland trip does end up happening it's going to be a once in a lifetime experience for everybody that gets to go hopefully fingers crossed 
think we should end up being able to go, I hope. <laughs> but uh, the stadium looks really cool. And uh, that's one thing about there's definitely pros and cons to having the fans right on top of you. Because back in Montana, we had the fans like right on top of us, but there was like no room for the kicking net during the games. And that turned into an absolute crap show. So trying to get warm <laughs> during the games was like it was train wreck. But um that's one thing here in Nebraska, it's a little bit more spread out. And so there's plenty of room for the players like on the bench trying to do their thing. And so I think that's a benefit for me. But um, I mean, with the size of the stadium, you hardly even notice it because it's ginormous. <laughs> yeah, there's you, nothing uh, like what going in front of 90,000 people for the first time. I mean, what are, what are you expecting to, you know, because obviously going to come yeah. out of the tunnel walk. What are you expecting just seeing that giant sea of red to open up in front of you? I mean, it's it's deafening from the being a fan, I can only imagine what it's like being a player. Yeah, I'm just super excited. Um, I think I was really fortunate to be able to play at Washington last year, week one, and get that experience in front of, you know, 60,000 people there, which is still not, you know, even close to here. But um, it'll be kind of cool having that many people on your side instead of screaming and yelling and cursing at you. So I'm really excited to see, you know, big red nation out there. Um, I think the spring game should be pretty packed and that'll be a little bit of a glance at it, but uh, I don't think there's going to be anything quite like uh, game day come fall. And um, I think with the way our schedule sets up this year, hopefully we have some pretty big games at home. Well, whether it's with with us down the line or a, a post game interview, I have to imagine that that first punt that you just absolutely drill, and whether it's the hang time and it's fair caught on the six, or you drop one and it rolls out of bounds at the two, you're probably not going to hear a group of fans more appreciative of a specialist than you will in Nebraska. And it's not, and it's not because of the last couple of years, honestly, and I know you talked and I'm just going to kind of transition into, into the, uh, the question you've talked a little bit about um, connections with uh, Sam, uh, Sam cook and some other guys um, let, you know, I did hear uh, an interview you had and the way that you spoke about um, his relationship and what he meant to Nebraska, when you were talking about uh, the unfortunate passing Sam Foles was commendable so thank you for for doing that and to, to be as new as you are to the team but to understand uh the legacy and to understand what what 27 meant to the team and and the state it's so uh thank you for that um but i guess with sam cook that's somebody you've been able to connect with um as far as as tips or just kind of um just a confidant yeah so Absolutely. With um, Sam Foltz, you know, he seems just like an incredible person and I would have loved to have known him. But um, with Sam Cook, just talking about his experiences here and a little bit about his knowledge of punting in the wind and, um, you know, just different kinds of punts to hit different kinds of situations. Um, and he was fortunate enough to play under Coach Bush when he was here, too. And um, so he kind of knew a little bit about working with Coach Bush and um, different things that he likes as well. Um, and then talking with Sam, I've gotten just some tips about my steps from him, but I get most of my tips from my coaches at one-on-one kicking just because they're really, you know, who kind of guys have trained me my whole life. Um, and as far as trying to do it for the fans or I think just understanding that God's given me the opportunities that I have, and I'm just going out there to play for him every time. And, you know, regardless of if I hit, 
a 30 yard average or I hit a 50 yard average just coming off the field, knowing that I gave it my all is going to be important because I think sometimes that uh, specialists kind of get in their own heads. If they're doing rough one week, they let it carry over to another week or not. And just knowing that regardless of the outcome, um, it's enough for God that'll actually maximize your performance on the field. Have you noticed with, with, with you being a specialist and everything like that, have you noticed that there's been um, kind of an influx of talent onto the special teams uh, you know, roster, or, or are you seeing guys kind of line up to get onto the field, or kind of what are you seeing out there as a specialist? Yeah, I would say fans will be pretty excited once they see our starting punt lineup come fall because we have some real dudes out there. But um, it's it's really cool because we walk into that first punt meeting and Coach Bush lays it out there. This is an invitation-only group. You know, punt is the most important play in football. It's also the most dangerous play in football. It's huge with field position. Um, and just lying it out there that it's crucial that we have guys at every position that know what they're doing that fly down the field and smear the returner. That's what we need out there. We can't have, you know, there's programs I think that just try to put walk-ons or put like the third stringers on the special teams and don't really, they kind of shove it aside. But I think when you look at the teams year in and year out that win the national championship and are in the playoff, they're all elite on special teams and they all have starting NFL players, you know, that used to go there on their special teams. Derrick Henry was a tackle on punt for Alabama when he was playing. So coach Bush has really been putting that energy on our team. And I think you guys will be able to see that we've got some real guys out there come fall. Can you, can you throw the football, Brian, just kind of thinking in advance here, how good your arm, (laughs) what are, what are we talking here? Yeah, I've got I've got an arm. It's right here. Um, I think uh, you got, I think two, you got the, two of them. I hope. It's yeah, I got be... two of them. Believe it or not, I did <laughs> but, see both um, hands earlier. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. No, I can throw it pretty good. I think that uh, you know every team we play will hopefully have to line up for something other than just a punt coming their way. So um, I think that uh, Coach Bush uh, has a really good plan for us. But um, our main focus right now is just getting all the all the drill work down, getting the team, um, the first punt team in phase and just hitting punts consistently and getting fair catches and, you know, get having a high punt net because I think if we get too focused on trying to run fakes or trying to do special things with our punt unit, we're going to get out of phase with our technique and that's going to create, you know, drawbacks in our punt game itself. Is, is the, Standard 14 yards from the line of scrimmage. Is that a rule? Do you find yourself? Are you right there? Where do you, where do you line yourself up at? Yeah, I'm a 15 yard guy. Uh, We are 15 back in Montana. I don't think there's any set number. I think that's different um, for every team and every coach. Um, I don't think in the NFL, there's huge differences either like that. I think um, every coach kind of tailors it to his scheme and what he wants, but um, we've got guys who can snap the ball, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're at 14 or 15, because um, at this level, um, any guy that's on the team is going to be able to do his job pretty well. And uh, so our long snappers have done a really good job so far. Talk about the, the, that specialty of long snapping. Cause I know there's a place that you want the ball. There's a place how you want the ball coming in and people probably, you know, don't think about that part of it too much. How much of, how much of that does impact, you and is it part of your um I guess punting technique yeah I'd say that uh 
it's really hard dealing with snaps that are all over the place as a punter because the more things that you can control, the more consistent you'll be. And so high snap and low snap, um, and then obviously out to the right and the left, um, the more times that, you know, it's out outside of your kind of your frame of your body, you're going to have to move your steps. You're going to have to reach down and your drop table is what they call it. Like the height of your drop kind of changes. Um, so the guys this spring so far have done a really good job with their location. Um, it's been really cool to see. We had a really good snapper back at Montana. Um, shout out to OD. He's hoping to make a run at the NFL. But um, I think that uh, I've been super happy with the guys here. And that's a really hard position because they get no love. And the only time that uh, you hear their name is when they do wrong. That's true. That's true. Hey, Brian, is there an art? And if there is, have you been studying it? on how to place that punt just right so the guy doesn't fair catch it and he gets creamed? Yeah, I wouldn't say there's an art to that. I think <laughs> there's like a million different factors that include like the location and how fast your guys get off and if they get a good release and all sorts of things like that. But uh, honestly, if I can make the punt the boringest play in football and get a fair catch every time, I'll be totally fine with that because – I mean, if he's catching the ball and he gets creamed, that means that if he would have done a spin move, maybe he would have gotten a good return out of it. So I'm trying to eliminate as many of those as I can. You, uh, you've you mentioned before there's a, one of the long snappers is a, a transfer from Georgetown, Brady. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you've you said that uh, you guys jumped in on some of the testing and he's kind of one of those freak athletes. Is he is he somebody that if he's on if he's long snapping – and heading down the field to see somebody that's going to be, we're going to probably see making some tackles this year. He's a freak athlete. He was ran like a four, two something in the five, 10, five shuttle. Um, not the 40 yard dash, but in the shuttle, yeah, I was, we were all like, fast. Put no, this that's guy still out damn on impressive on that shuffle. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> no, but he's a, uh, he's the flash out there. It's pretty funny. Um, and I've been really excited working with him. He's super athletic and he could throw the ball back at really high rates of speed, which is helpful for the punt team to get good operation times. Um, and obviously with his athleticism, having another man in coverage just adds an advantage to us. So is that kind of like the um, once that position gets identified as here's the starter, is that, you know, you just consistently work with him and you have that preference kind of like a pitcher and a catcher and you just build that relationship with repetition, repetition? Yeah, that's definitely something um, that you got to build. But uh, Cade's working back from an injury because he got hurt last year, the starter. And so I think uh, once we get into the summer um, and they name a, a for sure starter you know, we'll kind of start working more me and the starter, second team, second team, 13, 13, try to build that relationship and that chemistry with each other. And I think it's just super important to do things outside of football with the guys um, to build more of a relationship instead of just being strictly business all the time. Is there any, um, you know, obviously going to be playing in a lot of big stadiums this year. Is there a particular stadium you're looking forward to playing in or punting in? Yeah, I think anyone who says that they aren't looking looking forward to that Michigan game would be lying to you because uh, that's the biggest stadium in college football. So that's pretty exciting. And also the Iowa game, just because I've been to that stadium before and it's pretty cool. Um, and my father-in-law went there to, for school. And so I'm hoping that we can go up there and beat those guys because obviously that's our main rival. And then um, I'm most excited to play at home 
I've never been to a Nebraska game. I've never been a part of one. And so I think I'll be pretty surprised and happy when, when game day rolls around. When that ball does bounce out inside the five, though, I do want you to blow kisses to everybody in the crowd when we go to Iowa oh, and wow. play. I'll, I'll probably give praise to God because that's where it truly needs to go. But um, I think that uh, I'm just really excited for the season. Um, we've got really good guys on our team. And I think we could be a pretty good team this year just because you know, with how close they were last year and the new pieces we have, and especially the new coaches, uh, from what I've heard, um, things are going a lot better. And I'm really excited to see what we do come fall, especially versus some of those top level teams um, that some people might count us out versus. I think this year we might pull through and actually um, surprise people. Well, that is that is music to Husker fans ears. That's the uh, that's the uh, that's the straw. That's the spoon that stirs the Kool-Aid. I'm sure you've uh have you heard about the Kool-Aid in Nebraska? Actually, I haven't. What's this Kool-Aid craze? So, well, there's it's it's a two-prong in Hastings, Hastings, Nebraska, which was where Kool-Aid was invented. Um, oh, okay. and there's and there's actually a Kool-Aid museum. And positive, all negative, right, right. We'll, <laughs> we'll let everybody take their spin, but it's the idea that Husker fans just absorb as much information as we can. We're, we're always positive. We want to, you know, the players to do well. And we just, it's referred to as drinking the Kool-Aid, especially in the off season. So um, okay. that's, that's, that's good to know. That's yeah. what, and, it, and, and it's the red Kool-Aid. So it all, it all kind of comes yeah. together. Go big red. But yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask one more and then we'll, we'll see if the other guys have anything. And I'm going to, I'm going to stay on the, on the color theme here. Um, the black shirts. And I don't know the answer, and, and maybe you do, maybe the other guys do as well. Can specialists earn a black shirt? And if so, are you going to be, if not, are you going to be the first? If they do, is that something that you know anything about? Have you, you know, do you know about the trans- tradition of black shirts? And um, is it going to be week one or before week one that you earn your black, black shirt? Uh, specialists can. There's been a partner that has before. Um okay. Black shirts, obviously, the equipment manager went down to the local store and bought black, you know, the practice jerseys for the defense at the time, and they were the cheapest ones, so he got the black ones, and there we uh, go. that's how the black shirts was born. But um, my goal, yeah, I'd love to earn a black shirt. Um, I am obviously have to prove to my teammates and prove to the team that I'm worthy of one, but uh, coming in each day and having that mentality that you're working towards a goal um, I think is important. And uh, even if a goal isn't to become a black shirt, even if your goal is just to do your 111th for the team and become a good punter, I think that that'll help uh, in the long run. And hopefully becoming a black shirt would just be an added bonus to that, I think. Well, that's that because what it would and you kind of answered it, you know, giving praise to to God and, and doing that on your success and stuff. But I would love I would still love for you to throw the bones on a on a good punt. Just I mean. I'm telling you, there's so many things that you you're just out there on an island. Everybody's looking at you. And if you you do something really good and you throw the bones, you're going to hear you're going to hear a sound like you've never heard before. Yeah, I think after God gets the praise, maybe the bones can be thrown. <laughs> What's the longest punt that you've had in your career, if you remember? Oh, yeah. So that's one thing that's weird is because. Last year, I never was the beneficiary of a lot of good rolls. So my longest punt last year was 62 yards, but it was fair caught. And I had a punt versus Northern Arizona that went like 67 yards in the air. 
and it hit the ground and bounced back like five or 10 yards. And so my longest punt last year should have been like 70 something, but a bad bounce kind of kept me from that, but that's okay because I look at it on the positive side and say, well, my average was 46 yards, but with my longest punt only being 64, hopefully this year we can have some bounces go my way and we can maybe say like 70 or 80 is the longest punt. I have hit a 96 yard punt in practice though. We all have, Brian. We all yes, have. Yes, yes. <laughs> I will show you a film, though. I'll show is, you that warning, is that considered warning track power? <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe the, the western winds of Montana or something helped that one out. That's that's flipping the field. That's that's that is really cool though. When you're when you you know you guys are pinned down in there on your own in your own you know ten five yard line and you're able to flip the field with the punt. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Is you know you mentioned your one your one eleventh of the of the team right there. That's that's a yeah. good job done. I think some of the best the best flipping the field punts for me last year came. I was punting the line of scrimmage was our like 30 or our 20 and just hitting a 50, 55 yard punt that puts the other team, you know, inside of their 20, just those consistent field flipping punts are huge because sometimes punters come up with these huge punts in these situations that don't matter as much, but when it comes to crunch time, you know, it kind of hurts. And I, I think last year I was fortunate enough to come up with my biggest punts when, you know, our team needed it the most, whether it was my longest punt, you know, when we were tied versus Sac State going in the fourth quarter, stuff like that. I think that's important. Yeah, no, that's that's I mean, and and that's one thing that I, I feel like Nebraska has really been missing is the consistency in the punting department. Also, the, the game changing plays where, you know, you wouldn't think a punter can make a game changing play, but obviously you can. You control a lot of the field position battle that happens and. With you having the kind of leg that you do and the consistency that you do, I think that's a huge upgrade that we can definitely use this season into you know kind of flipping that record from three and nine to whatever it is this year nine and three. Yeah, I think Rose Bowl or bust is a goal. So hopefully, I love it. I love it. (laughs) I mean, this is this is really what it comes down to. There's a there's a line of people trying to interview Casey Thompson, and we've got a good hour with Brian Buscini. And I mean, it's just, it's been incredible. I, I don't think, I mean, people are going to pay, well, they're not going to pay money for our two listeners are going to really, really enjoy. This is really what we're at. Um, Brian, somebody, and it was one of the, it was a, it was a recruiting podcast. Um, do you have a nickname and is it boom, boom? And if it's not, can it be? Cause these guys I'm, have been, I'm good with whatever anyone wants to call me. Uh, Brian's fine. Uh, boom. <laughs> Boom Sheeny is one a lot of people called That's, me yes. back at Montana. Yeah. Um, but honestly, as long as those nicknames are more positive than negative, I think I'm doing all right. If it's not like chink it punter or something, then then we'll be okay. Okay. We're a little bit more clever than that. Not much, but a little. All right. That's good to hear. Is that that, that soak it up Kool-Aid stuff right there? A little yeah. more clever than that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you, you know, you did your research on Nebraska before you came here. So we appreciate that, especially with the Fultz kind of stuff that, that, we, that we had talked a little bit a little bit about earlier. And the black shirt tradition, I mean, that's obviously huge here. Um, you know, t- just kind of closing up and everything, uh, you know, we're 
blessed to have you down here, Brian. Um, you know, that you take the time to speak with us today. Um, but you know, even though you know, even bigger than that, we think you're a huge benefit in in addition to the Nebraska football team. Um, I, I can't wait for you to watch you in spring practice and during the season. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited. And like I said, I think it's it's absolutely huge. I think you're one of the biggest off season additions that we've had, honestly. No, I really appreciate it, and I just hope to go out this year and uh, you know have all the hard work hopefully pay off. And um, I've been really blessed with the teammates that I have around me as well. That'll help me do that. All right. Well, Fitz, Drake, you guys got anything else? No, I could go on for another couple hours. I know he needs to probably get back and uh, spend some time with his his lovely wife. Uh, you guys just want me to be quiet. So, uh, Brian, thank you very much. I do. I enjoy this, and I, I really do think that people are going to appreciate the knowledge that you have, the um, ideas that you have, and and how much you actually put into your craft, and is really what it is. So we want to wish you the best of luck, um, and uh, and from me, go big, go big red. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on. We're looking forward to watching you in the fall. Um, congratulations on congratulations on your marriage. I don't think we took the time to do that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. But we are we are so looking forward to seeing you out there. Uh, go Big Red. Thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate it. If you guys ever want me to come back on, you know, during the season or something, just let me know and I'd love to. Definitely. We'd I, love to have you on. I mean, it, yeah, we'll get you on sometime at, at, during the season or after the season or whenever we can find some time to do so. Um, we'd love to have you back on. But um, for, you know, Fitz, Drake, Brian, myself, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. Uh, sign off. Take care, everybody. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.